going to read from Romans chapter 5. Romans 5 on page 1297. 1297. Romans 5 verses 1 through 11. Romans 5, beginning at verse 1, page 1,297. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies... We were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Dear congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, in this life, if we want to have joy, if we want to learn to be content in the Lord uh, our God, we need to remember the blessings that we have been given, not always focusing on the sad things and the hard things and the painful things, but remembering in the midst of them the goodness of our God and all the good things, the blessings that we have. And that's what Paul is doing in Romans 5 verses 1 through 11, the passage we just read, that he's Pausing, he's taking a moment to consider what the blessings of the gospel are for our lives. What difference does Jesus make anyways for us? Throughout the first four chapters of Romans, everything leading up to this part of the book, he has been teaching us that we are sinners and we all deserve to die. We all deserve to go to hell, but, but God is good and he is gracious and he has sent the Lord Jesus Christ so that we can have righteousness that is by faith, that is a gift. That means this, that our sin was laid upon the Lord Jesus Christ, and he carried that to the cross as the Lamb of God. He carried that sin away, and his goodness and his righteousness was given to us, so that when we belong to the Lord Jesus by faith, now God accepts us into his family, into his home as his children. 
And now the Apostle Paul is saying, so what difference does that make? Why is this so special? And one of the ways that this is so special is that we can now have joy. That's something that the Apostle Paul repeats a couple of times in this passage. In verse 2, he says that we can rejoice. We can rejoice in God. And later on, also in in verse 11, we rejoice in God. And in the middle, in verse 3, he says, and we glory We can exalt even if we go through hard things, through tribulations and trials. So where does this joy come from? Well, first of all, what is joy? Sometimes we can think that joy is being happy. But joy is much deeper than happiness. Happiness is maybe when we have a smile on our face and everything's going well. But joy, we can have joy even when things are going really poorly, even when we're weeping even when we are uh, sad and going and, and, and filled with pain, because joy is much, much deeper than that. It is a, a joy that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ that even if our world feels like it's, it's crashing down around us, we know that we are safe, we are protected, we have eternal life, we have God and all of his love for us in the Lord Jesus Christ. Joy, it's, it's hard to define, but the Apostle Paul says we can have joy because we have peace with God, because we have hope of glory, and we have the assurance of God's love. These are all the gifts, real gifts we have from the Lord God in Jesus Christ. So joy then comes from remembering our peace with God, our hope of glory, and our assurance of God's love. Those are the the three points we'll look at as we go through Romans 5, verses 1 through 11. Christians find true joy in God's forgiveness and acceptance as we remember peace with God, the hope of glory, and the assurance of God's love. In the first place, we have peace with God. Verses 1 and 2 We read, therefore, having been justified by faith, justified by faith, meaning, again, when we believe in Jesus, our sins are laid upon him and he takes those to the cross and his righteousness, his perfect life is given to us so that when God looks at us, he sees Jesus and he loves us in the Lord Jesus and accepts us because of the perfect life that Jesus lived in our place. So because of that, then, We have peace with God through our Lord um, Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Peace with God, a priceless treasure. To have peace with God means we are no longer objects of his wrath and his anger, but that we are children of his love. A a great change has taken place. No longer are we objects of his wrath, but now we are children of his love. The God of glory and indescribable power for whom it was just a, a matter of speaking to create the worlds. His wrath has been removed from us and he welcomes us and he invites us to call him Father. In 1 John, oh, sorry, uh, and this is an objective peace. 
that we have with God and Jesus Christ. By objective, what we mean is this. It's something that's true and real outside of us. Even if we don't feel it on the inside, yet it's there. It's for us. It's real. You think of it, here, here, here's, here's a, an illustration of if we, in the night sky, if we see the crescent moon, you know, the moon that looks like the end of your fingernail, and we say, oh, it's a crescent moon. And someone else says, no, the moon is round. Well, that's true, even though we only see the, the little edge of it, yet we know it's always round. Or if it's cloudy and we can't see the sun, we know the sun is still shining. It's always there. That never changes. And so it is for Christians. We have peace with God, even if we feel unrest and troubled uh, in our hearts. We can know that this is true still, even if we don't feel it, that we have peace with God. That that fact doesn't change when we have Jesus Christ. Why is that? Well, because it's not based upon anything in us or anything that we have done but it's all based, it's all built on Jesus Christ and the grace of God in him. That's why Paul adds here in verse two, that through Jesus Christ, we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. That this peace doesn't come and go, because we stand in God's grace. What is God's grace? Well, it's, it's his love and his favor and his kindness that we don't deserve, but it's a gift. It's a gift for us in the Lord Jesus Christ through faith in him, that when we belong to him, now we, we can stand in this grace. It's now the foundation of our lives. And so the, the peace with God that we have is always found in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus is a real person. He's not just a thought in our heads. He's not just a doctrine that, that we find in a, in, a, in, a, in a book, but he's a real person who lives and he reigns in heaven. And when we have him, there's, no, there's nothing more safe or certain than belonging to Jesus Christ. He never fails. He never fades and neither does his love. And so we can be sure of his grip upon us. We can have, we have a peace with God that can never be taken away because we stand in God's grace because we belong to Jesus. Listen to these words of, of Jesus from John 10. This is, think of this, this is what he's saying about all of his sheep, all those who, who believe in him. John 10, verse 27 to 30 he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given to them, who has given them to me. So the father gives us to Jesus and Jesus holds us in his hand. And Jesus says, my father who's given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. That means when we belong to Jesus and we are held in his hands, we're also held in the hand of the Father, and no one can take us uh, out of that hand of safety and refuge. 
That's how firm our peace is with God, even if we don't feel it. There's a story from the Gospels, from the life of Jesus, that always reminds me of this. You might, you might remember this. When Jesus is in the boat with his disciples on the Sea of Galilee, and, his, and, there's a, and a big storm comes up, and the disciples are screaming and yelling and, and, and carrying on, trying to bring this boat under control in this storm. And there Jesus is sleeping in the front of the boat. And the disciples wake him up and say, aren't you scared? Aren't you afraid? We're, you know, we're all going to die. And then Jesus stands up and he speaks to the storm. And the water goes completely quiet. And one of the messages from that is that Jesus, who has control over the sea and over the storm, he's the one who brought the calm, but he was also in control when it was raging. When the sea was violent, Jesus was still in control, just as in control then as he was when he made it quiet. And so we can have peace knowing that if we're living in the middle of a storm, it's okay because Jesus is in the boat. There's peace. We have peace with God. Jesus controls all things. And when we have him and we're safe with him, then there's no storm so great that we can't know that we are safe. We will, we will know that we are safe and, and held by him. So that, first of all, joy comes from peace with God. Secondly, joy comes from hope, the hope of God's glory. The joy of the Lord comes from peace with God, but it also grows in the soil of hope. Verse 2, the second part of verse 2 says, And rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now, hope always looks forward. It looks to the future. It's, it's joy is present here, but it's based on the hope of what lies ahead. And that what lies ahead, Paul says, is the glory of God, the, the revelation when he displays, when we get to see his glory and his splendor. When Jesus comes back on the clouds of heaven, when he makes all things new and we behold his glory and we reflect his glory like the, the moon reflects the light of the sun. In this life, we only see a little bit of God's glory. We see his glory in the creation we see his glory most fully in the Lord Jesus Christ in the Bible. But one day we will see him in all of his splendor. Revelation 21 verses 1 to 4. John gives us a glimpse of that. The apostle John says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Then I, John, saw the holy city New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. We will all have new bodies. This is a great hope that we have. 
In 1 John 3, verses 2 to 3, the same apostle says, Now we are children of God, and it's not yet been revealed. We, we don't yet know what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself. And so this hope of glory means this hope of, of being with God in heaven. And even beyond that, the new creation, when God comes to earth, a new earth, and to live with us, to live in a new creation with, the, with his people who have new bodies. And that hope of future glory means we can have joy in the present right now. And that's why the Apostle Paul goes on to say we this joy makes a difference or this hope makes a difference for us even when we go through hard times. Verse 3 and 4. We also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. God, in other words, uses suffering in our lives, the painful things in our lives. He's always using them for our good. He's using them to strengthen us and increase us. The boys and girls here know that if you never use your muscles, if you never run or get tired or exercise, you won't get stronger either. And that's what God does with painful things in our lives. He's always doing something good with them and through them, even if we can't understand it, even if we can't quite make sense of why this is going on. The Apostle Paul is saying, look, hard things, they teach us to be patient. And as we learn to be patient and to trust God, they build character. They, they make us stronger people. And as they make us stronger people, so our hope get stronger. We, we long for and we wait for uh, the new creation that is to come. Our Lord Jesus Christ learned this even. He knows what this means. We read in Hebrews 5 verse 8 that though he was a son, that is though he was the son of God, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered which means he learned to be obedient to his heavenly father by suffering, by going through painful things. And having been perfected, that is, as he suffered, as he learned obedience, he also grew. He took our place. He became fully a human being and he went through suffering and he grew and he was strengthened in this. And having been perfected, he became the author of, a, of eternal salvation to all who obey him. So we can remember our Lord Jesus also went through suffering. And he knows what it means for God to use that to, to teach us obedience and to make us stronger. And again, in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16 to 18, the Apostle Paul says, Our light affliction... That is, the sufferings of this life, which are but for a moment, are working for us 
a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. That means that God is up to something with our suffering. It's not that he's saying, you know what, you just have to go through this. It's pointless. It has no purpose. It's just something you have to get through. No, the Apostle Paul says that God is actually working. He's using those things to bring us to even greater glory. And we can't see all of what that will mean right now, of what that will be. But that's what hope is. Hope is looking forward to future glory, which God is going to, uh, is making even greater for us right now as we go through suffering. And finally, we can ask, well, how can I know that this is true? How do I know that God will do all of these things for me? The Apostle Paul says, you can know this, we can know this because of God's great love. Verse five, the Apostle Paul says, now hope does not disappoint. He's saying, you might be thinking, yeah, well, that's what you say, big deal. How can I know that I won't be disappointed at the end? Verse five, we can know this. Why? Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The Holy Spirit who lives inside of believers, he teaches our hearts the love of God in the Lord Jesus. That the, you know, when God showed just how wide and deep and high and long his love was at the cross of Jesus, by sending his son into the world, he showed us how much, how great his love is. Now, for all those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit takes that love and and teaches that love to our hearts so that we can know it, that we can experience it and grow in it and be be comforted by that love. But the only way in which the Holy Spirit can teach us that love is because that love is absolutely true. It is a real fact And it was shown to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. Verses six and following. When we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the, what, good people? The clean people? No, he died for the ungodly. That is, those people, you and I, you know, before grace came, before the Holy Spirit changed our hearts, Before that, we were not running towards God, but we were ungodly. We were running the other way. Our whole lives were focused away from God when he sent his son to die for us. Scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. I I trust that if need be, I would die for my family. If an intruder came in and I needed to, I I would, you know, sacrifice my life to protect my family That's why Paul says, perhaps for a good person, for someone you really love, someone who is really special to you, is really valuable, you might die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still filled with sin, we hated God and we were running away from him. He sent Jesus to die for us. 
And in verse 10, he says, when we were enemies, he reckons, we were reconciled to God through the cross. What does all this mean then? It means, first of all, the greatness of God's love for us is shown in how unworthy we we were of that love. How unworthy we were of that love. And yet he gave his only begotten son. It also shows us something else, that God's love is free. We can't earn it. We can't buy it. We don't deserve it. And we can know we have it when we come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because God, when we were still enemies and we were ungodly and we were sinners, it was then that he loved us and he sent his son into the world to die for us. And he wants that good news to be proclaimed to everybody so everybody can know. You come to God's love when you come to the Lord Jesus Christ and you believe in him and you follow him. Then all of this love is, is, is yours, salvation is yours. The Apostle Paul doesn't say, well, first, if you get cleaned up, then maybe you can come to the Lord Jesus Christ and have him. Or maybe if first you get to be a good person. No. God sent his son to die for us when we were still enemies and sinners and ungodly. Therefore, we can know what, wherever we are, whatever the state of our lives, whatever darkness is in our hearts, when we come to Jesus and we believe in him, God's love is ours. God's love is free and undeserved. And therefore, we can know in Jesus in whom all of God's love was shown to us, When we come to Jesus and we believe in him and follow him, we are assured of his love for us. And sometimes when we don't feel lovely, we don't feel like God could ever love us or we don't feel forgiven, it's why we come again to to church or we go to the Bible or we pray and we ask God, "Show show us Jesus again. Jesus, help me to, to know you more and to live with you and to draw near to you because it's in Jesus Christ that we are assured of God's love for us. And all of these things then, peace with God, the hope of glory, the assurance of God's love, so great and so wide that he gave us Jesus, he gave us his only son even when we were sinners and enemies of his. He accomplished all of this salvation for us 2,000 years ago, over two, well, about 2,000 years ago, when Jesus died and rose again. And when we believe in Jesus, what does he do? The Holy Spirit takes us to the cross and he forgives us. And he takes us to the empty tomb and he gives us new life. As we rely on Jesus, as we spend time with Jesus, And as we follow Jesus, then all of these gifts, and especially that gift of joy, grows in us. And as he pours his love into our hearts, he strengthens our hope, hope in the future glory of God. 
And we can live at peace because we have a forever peace with God. And therefore we rejoice. Even when we weep, even when we're grieving, even when we're frustrated with things in life, we can have joy because we have a life with God that can, be, can, that can never be taken away. We live in joy, a joy that no one can steal from us. It's the kind of joy that Jesus promised to us when he said, come to me. Come to me and whoever drinks the water that I give, the living water, he, she will never ever thirst again. That ache in our hearts, that deep, deep uh, anguish in our hearts, all of that goes away even in the midst of sadness and weeping and pain, yet within our hearts there is this song, there is this confidence, this joy. We have a life with God that nothing, no one, not even death itself can steal from us.